Hi, welcome back to Off the Cuff, Evagor Healthcare's podcast. I'm your host, Emily Coe. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Yvette Lefebvre, Chief of the Post-Acute Care, Durable Medical Equipment, and Sleep Services Program at Evacor. Hi, Dr. Lefebvre, or may I call you Yvette? <laughs> Please call me Yvette. Much Great. easier. <laughs> um, so would you mind giving a little bit more of a background um, where you, you know, where you've come from, um, what you've worked in before, so forth? Sure, happy to. So my, my clinical background is in emergency medicine, board certified and practiced emergency medicine for a little less than 10 years before I decided to leave clinical practice and try to uh, make a, an impact on healthcare in, in a more population-focused sense. Um, came to Evicor about five years ago, actually. The, uh, October is my five-year anniversary at Evicor. Um, oh as a medical director on the newly formed post-acute care team at the time. And I uh, was promoted to chief of post-acute care, DME and sleep services just about two years ago now. And so I've been running those programs and I'm responsible for the clinical outcomes of those programs for the past two years. Great, and my team and I are lucky enough to have been working with you for many of those, or at least three of those five years that you've been with Evacor. So um, we love having you here. So is there any one thing about yourself that we do not know that you would like to share? I, I love surfing, I love paddleboarding, kayaking. Anytime I can be in the ocean um, definitely makes my day much better. That's great. And there you have it, everyone. Evacor surfing. Chief of Home Solutions. That's awesome. And also, I, I have to confess, so I was curious about your last name, because when I read Lefebvre, to me, it sounds like French for the fever. And I thought, oh, that's appropriate, because you're a physician. But I looked it up, and in fact, it means craftsman. So the last name Lefebvre is akin to the last name of Smith. Anyway. I had no idea. Now yeah. I've learned something today too about myself. <laughs> so let's talk about home solutions. Um, when we talk, when we use the phrase home solutions, what does that mean? What, what's included in home solutions? Yeah, it's 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 a pretty big umbrella, actually. I feel like I feel like it's growing all the time, and it really co consists of um, services provided by two separate parts of the company. There are the programs that I mentioned before that fall under my clinical supervision, the post-acute care, the DME management, and the sleep services management. And then there are the programs that our sister company, Allegis Care offers, which are hands-on um, in-home care, uh, provider-based services, including health risk assessments, chronic care management, um, and palliative care management. Right. Yeah. And, um, we've, in fact, interviewed um, some folks from um, from those programs in the past. Now, um, as far as um, what you have clinical supervision over, can you tell us a little bit more what durable medical equipment is? That might be a new phrase or new term for the folks listening. Sure. That's a great question. And so so durable medical equipment um, is pretty much exactly what those three words, right? So CMS actually takes those three words and, and holds that as the definition, right? So durable medical equipment is equipment that can be reused, right? So it's nothing disposable. Um, it, it's reusable equipment, which serves to either treat a disease 
or, Im or improve someone's functioning, right, as a result of an injury or a disease. If that like a sense. wheelchair or prosthetic. That's a great example. Um, prosthetic is a great example. Oxygen, believe it or not. Yeah, so yeah. E even though the oxygen itself, I guess you're not reusing, but the machine is reusable. Right. Um, yeah. so, so oxygen would be considered durable medical equipment as well ventilators, and then kind of crossing the bridge over into the sleep program, all of those um, breathing, those sleep apnea devices, the CPAPs and the BiPAPs right. that people use to treat um, sleep apnea are also considered durable medical equipment. Okay, great. Thank you. And then post-acute care, uh, we hear, well, those of us who read health journals <laughs> um, hear a lot about that term. Um, and post-acute care um, refers to um, the the goal of when someone is discharged from the hospital, we want to prevent readmission back into the hospital, correct? I love that you said it that way um, because you didn't mean to, but you just set me up really well. So traditionally, I, I would say if you asked me that question two or three years ago, I would say yes, someone discharging from a hospital who needs care after that hospital stay. Um, but but really acute care has evolved over the past several years as well, right? So so an acute episode no longer has to be by definition treated in a hospital, right? An acute oh, episode okay. of illness, right? Someone could get pneumonia perhaps and be treated in their doctor's office and sent home, right? With right. home healthcare to take care of that acute illness. So, so the definition of where acute care um, finishes and post-acute care mm -hmm. begins is, is blurring. And I think that's actually a, a great thing, right? Because it yeah. means that more and more where we're able to shift treatment, both for post-acute care and even acute care into the home where patients are more comfortable. Okay. And so these days when people ask me to define post-acute care, I, I again just kind of go back to the to the three words that are involved there, right? So we're, we're post-acute, the post-acute care program picks up a patient or a member after they've been treated for an acute episode, right? Whether that's an injury or whether that's an illness. Um, and whether that was treated with a hospital stay or it was treated in a doctor's office or it was treated completely at home using telemedicine, right? And, and in-home infusion services, for example. Right. Once that acute episode is, is finished, once the patient's stabilized from that acute episode, that's when post-acute care picks up. And so sometimes post-acute care means going to a facility, right? Sometimes people are still pretty darn sick at the end of their acute, their short-term acute um episode and they need to go to a long-term acute care hospital or what we call in, in, in the business, the, what we call an LTAC, or maybe they need to go to an inpatient rehab or they need to go to a skilled nursing facility for some rehab or some nursing care. Right. Um, sometimes they don't need to go to a facility and they can, again, they can go home where they, they're more comfortable and they can receive either traditional home health care services, things like a skilled nurse coming in a few times a week and skilled therapists coming in, Sometimes um, these days, again, home care is evolving and we can offer programs uh, that we, that we um, kind of colloquially call 
um, recovery at home. And so, right. right, you've heard of hospital at home, right, with the CMS programs. Well, we're, we're starting to focus on recovery at home as well, right? Because sometimes, sometimes you do need to go into the hospital for your acute episode, but you don't want to go to a, a rehab or a skilled nursing facility after that. So then a lot of times these days we can arrange for those services for some people who are safe enough to do that, to go home and receive Kind of it's kind of a step up from traditional home health care so maybe maybe right. instead of a nurse coming in three times a week you need a nurse coming in twice a day for yeah. a week or two right and you need therapists coming in every day right um, and is the key metric even though the the definition or the location of the acute occurrence is growing is the key metric still um preventing um hospital admission then or not even readmission at this point um, is that still the primary goal? I, th I think you, I think you just nailed it, right? So it's, it's, it used to be just preventing readmissions, right? We would, we would pick up the patients at the end of an acute episode and say, how do we get them back to their baseline so they can live their happy, healthy life? And how can we make sure that they don't get readmitted to the hospital? But, um, but you nailed it. These days, we're also looking at how do we prevent that hospital admission in the first place? How do we, how do we grab patients before they get injured, before right. they get sick and keep them healthy and prevent right. that admission? Yeah. And it's I guess a new when, approach to utilization management, right? De de yeah. Decrease utilization by keeping people healthy. Right, definitely. And then, you know, of course, when folks get admitted to the hospital, it increases their risk for nosocomial infections. So they can, you know, acquire something, an illness that they didn't have when they went into the hospital. Um, and also it impacts their emotional health, right? So if someone um, is um, admitted into the hospital and they're not in their familiar surroundings, um, it can increase their stress level, their, um, um, you know, cause some level of depression. So is that also a goal with the home solutions is just um, managing that, that patient um, satisfaction and helping to manage their emotional health by keeping them at home as well while they're battling or fighting some maybe chronic illnesses um, or acute um, situations. I think that's a huge part of it. I think that's why we've seen, even, even before the pandemic, we, we saw a shifting, just a it looked natural, but I, I honestly think that it is consumer driven. We mm -hmm. saw a shifting from facility-based care to home care. And I think a lot of that is coming from, from consumers that, you know, patients, um, members, whatever you want to call them, are, are more and more putting their foot down and saying, I want to be at home. I want to be treated, even though, like you said, even though I'm battle battling an illness or an injury, I want to be at home in my bed with my loved ones around, with my mm -hmm. dog nearby. You know, I want to right. be comfortable while I recover from this, because like you said, you can, re you can recover a lot faster if you're, if you're, ha if you're happy, right? And you're, right. and you're, you're surrounded by what makes you comfortable. And so um, tell us a little bit about the types of patients that are, um, that you, that we include in the home solution. So we have um, chronically ill individuals um, and then um, beyond chronically ill, um, do we see, you know, are folks with injuries or traumatic injuries included? Um, it, it just kind of tell us a little bit about the, um, the patient makeup, I guess. Sure. So it, it kind of depends where, again, Home Solutions is such a is such a broad umbrella right now, which is fantastic. And so it kind of depends where you're looking at um, 
where the patient sits, I guess, within the program, right? So, so those programs that we mentioned that, that our, our um, friends at Allegis Care are managing are, are those patients that I think that you were, at least one group that you were just mentioning, right? So Allegis mm -hmm. Care manages, one of their programs focuses on patients with, with chronic conditions. And, mm -hmm. and usually what they focus on is multiple chronic conditions, right? Mm -hmm. So a patient with multiple comorbidities, um, you know, they've got diabetes maybe and heart disease and maybe renal disease. Like they've got a few, a few of the big um, chronic conditions that need to right. be managed. And they, they again, provide that in-home care to try to advent, prevent those admissions in the first place and certainly to prevent readmissions when these uh, patients end up in the hospital, mm -hmm. keep them home and, and keep them as healthy as possible while managing those chronic conditions, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're no longer saying you've got chronic conditions, you know, it's just going to be downhill from there. No, right. right? You've got chronic conditions. Let's let's manage yeah. them so you can live a happy, healthy life right. with yeah. conditions, right? And so let's keep you out of the hospital. Let's keep you with your family and let's yeah. let's keep you what, whatever your definition is of, of daily activities that you want to do, let's mm -hmm. let's maximize those for yeah. you. Now it sounds really expensive, you know, if you have this team of individuals taking care of a patient in the home, is it cost-effective? It really is, right? And so I think I think the American health system was, I think one piece of it, I'm, I don't think you and I are gonna solve that today. So I, I won't pretend right. that you will. <laughs> I'll that a couple hours, hours here. We'll, we'll do I'm that sure our listeners wanna hear it. <laughs> but, I think one of one of the misconceptions as as the US healthcare system was evolving over the years was that it's cheaper to put everybody let's take all the sick people and put them in one place that'll be cheaper right we can bring in you know one doctor to see a whole bunch of patients and we can bring in you know x number of nurses to x number of patients and take care of them that way mm -hmm. and and really what we've what we've learned over the past several years is that it's actually much more cost effective to treat patients in their home when when that's what they want um and and it, and again it's screening it out right not everybody can be treated in their home but it is it's absolutely cost effective when you identify the right patients to be treated right in their home. let me yeah. put it that way yeah and so identifying the right patients can you um tell me a little bit about that what do you mean by that yeah. And see, I, I see your eyes lighting up because I know, right? So, so I'm sure everyone who follows off the cup is is aware that Emily is our um, clinical knowledge guru, right? And she oversees <laughs> the development of our evidence based guidelines for our right. programs at Evicor. And so, you know, someone made a comment the other day that I loved. They said, you know, evidence based medicine is at our core, right? That's why we're Evicor. We're all about right. evidence based medicine. And so, so your team is fantastic in helping us identify the right patients, yeah. right? We, um, <laughs> I've been working closely with your team to develop guidelines where we don't have them. There are some, some commercially available guidelines that we can lean on in post-acute care to help us identify which patient, you know, which level of care is appropriate for each patient, right? Mm -hmm. So just because the two people have the same primary diagnosis, right? Two, it's patient A and patient B both have hip fractures. One may be safe to be treated at home after right. the hip surgery and one may need uh, you know, a facility-based rehab. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, so we we've we um, use some commercially available guidelines to help us make those decisions, and we've also created some EviCore based guidelines to to kind of really drill down on which patients are safe to go home and which aren't. And it really comes down to it's it's a lot of factors, right? It's looking at each individual patient and their entire picture, their health picture, their social determinants of health picture, their um, their home environment, right? So it's not, a lot of it is what are your vital signs and what medications do you need and how many times a day does a physician need to see you? But that's only one piece of the puzzle. There's also, right, how many steps is it to get into your house? Do you live in a fifth floor walk up and you have to get up there? Well, doing that after a broken hip might, might be a little bit difficult, right? right. Yeah. To live uh, in yeah. a first floor or a one floor home. Yeah. Um, and, and again, those social determinants of health that I'm sure you dug into with, with Allegis Care in your previous podcast, right? But if patient A is going home to food security and a, a packed fridge and lots of family members who can come in and check on them every day, right. And patient B would be going home to an empty refrigerator and no one to bring them meals. Mm -hmm. And and again, if they live in that fifth floor walk-up apartment, even if we arranged for 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 meal delivery, could they get to them? You know, right. could they bring yeah. them upstairs or not? So so it's it's a whole lot of factors to look at, and and yeah. it takes some time to to dig into that. But I think I think we owe that to patients, especially if they want to go home. We need to make sure that they're going to be safe when they do so. Right. And so, and they, so they do have the choice. They don't have to go home if they don't want to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, right. So, so all those facilities that we were talking about before still exist, right? So we right. still have, we still have long-term <laughs> acute care hospitals available yeah. to, to patients and we still have inpatient rehabs available and we still have skilled nursing facilities available. Mm -hmm. And, and so again, it's a matter of looking at each patient's clinical picture, you know, mm -hmm. what do they need? Um, where can it best be provided? And, um, and again, we do that using we 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 do that thanks to your team using evidence based medicine, <laughs> saying what's the what's yeah. the best setting for this patient, and then talking with the patient, usually through their case manager at, at an acute facility, or talking to them directly if they're already at right. home, saying yeah. this is what we can provide for you. What do you think? Do, do you right. feel safe doing this? Would you feel safer going there? You know, it, it's maybe I'm going off track a little bit. So no, feel you're fine. Feel free to reach through and hit me if no, you want. You're good. To but um, but during COVID, we actually had a, a, early on in the COVID pandemic, we had an unusual situation where we were saying we think you'd be safest in a facility, and patients saying, "Oh goodness, no, that's not. Oh. Happening. I'm going home. Yeah. You need to figure out how to keep me safe at home because I'm not right. going." So it was it was it was a it was quite an accelerant of patients wanting to go home when that pandemic. Yeah. Happened. So yeah. So that's a great segue. So I guess COVID. Um, has really changed um, the dynamic of the program, maybe in volume. Um, have you? Um, how has COVID actually impacted the Home Solutions program? Yeah, it's 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 been uh, it's another one of those things that's been evolving, right? So when COVID first hit um, the United States, you know, back in 2020, when when we had that first surge, mm -hmm. um, with the initial impact. Was was a huge spike in in requests to move patients to post acute care beds, right? Because hospital beds were just filling up, and hospitals were over full, especially in certain areas of the country. And they were saying, right. "We've got to get patients out." And so 
early on in COVID, there was that in that there was that initial response was we've got to get patients out of the hospital. Sometimes right. they were still pretty sick. You know, the yeah. hospitals were having to make really hard decisions and saying, normally I'd like to watch you for another few days, but we don't have that luxury right now. We've got to move you. Mm -hmm. And so the question was where, you know, what's the safest place to move a patient during, during a pandemic when they're really right. not quite stable right this moment. Yeah. So, you know, scrambling for LTAC beds at that point or skilled nursing facilities where they could manage a really pretty acute patient um, was was the challenge initially. And then we went through that phase what that I was just mentioning before, where um, things um, were were settling down at the hospitals a, a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, there were there was some capacity there, and we were having we were finding though patients were were really afraid to go to facilities. You know, if they had to go to a hospital, they wanted to get home as quickly as possible. You know, a lot of them were even avoiding, we've all heard those awful stories, right, about patients avoiding hospitals even yes. too long. Yeah. Um, and so we were we had that unique challenge where we would say, we think you should probably go to a skilled nursing facility for some short-term rehab, maybe a week or two, and then we'll get you home with some home health care. And the patient saying, no, I'm going home. So mm -hmm figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when we were really banging on Allegis Care's door saying, you know, where do you have providers that you can send to help these patients? Because right. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID has been a theme um, in all of our podcasts since I've been hosting um, because it's impacted everything that we've talked about, GI care, home care, you know, what Allegis does. Um, so a site of care, um, so yeah, that's um, really incredible. And there are still a lot of states where they're still struggling with hospital beds and ICU beds. Um, so hopefully we'll see an end to that soon. Can you tell us a little bit about the palliative care services? So, so the palliative care program is one of Allegis Care's program, and, and it's really on the continuum with that chronic care program, right? You've got patients with, with chronic diseases, um, and like we were talking about before, the goal is obviously to keep them as happy and as healthy and as functional as possible with their chronic conditions for as long as possible in life. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there's also a, a part of the continuum where those um, diseases or those disease processes get to a point where a patient really needs comfort care or palliative care, right? And the goal there then, it, there's, there's, a, there's a shift in, in focus or in goals at that point, right? That's where, that's where the patient is, is saying, you know, I'm at a point where I'm no longer asking you to to treat this illness so that I can do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. These were my daily goals before. Now right. my goal is for you to keep me comfortable. And so, right. so that's where that's where Allegis's uh, Allegis Care's palliative care program comes into place. Is is how do we treat the patient to achieve that goal to keep mm -hmm. them comfortable with while we while while we met if we can treat whatever it is and turn it around mm -hmm. great. But the ultimate goal there is keeping the patient comfortable while yeah. they're dealing with these advanced illnesses. Right. And you can kind of see that on a spectrum with hospice then being at some point too. Sometimes palliative care progresses right. yes. to hospice, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you receive palliative care and things things improve, and then you can kind of slide back into the chronic care management side of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes things continue to, to progress and those patients then kind of progress onto the hospice end. Mm -hmm. the yeah. I did not realize that um, palliative care patients can often go back into the chronic model. Yeah, so they can. Yeah. And that's why it's so great about the fact that Allegis Care provides both, right? Because while, mm -hmm. while they, they can kind of um, 
switch the patients from program to program in the computer, yeah. the patient doesn't have to know that there's any difference, right. Right? you know, the yes. patient just knows that you're my doctor and I want you to make, to treat this, to make, you know, that this is my goal right now. And they can just kind of slide them along that continuum. And the patient yeah. doesn't have to realize that, oh, we've switched you to a different program. Right. Yeah. Um, are pediatrics part of uh, the home solutions? As you know, we have multiple clients. And so some clients uh, delegate pediatric cases, uh, patients to us and some don't. But yeah, absolutely. We do have um, a decent number of um, pediatric patients that we manage. We manage their durable medical equipment. Mm. We manage their post-acute care. Um, unfortunately, kids do get sick and some kids actually have a lot of chronic illnesses, unfortunately, even though they're so young um, and they do need they need wheelchairs sometimes and they need oxygen sometimes and they probably even more than adults don't want to go to a facility if, unless they really, really have to. Right. What, what kid wants to go to a hospital? They want to be home with their right. with their with, stuffed animals, stuffed yeah. animals and their yeah. real animals and their yes. family. Right. Yes. Dogs, right. And so so again, the, again, it goes it's a big picture kind of kind of thing that you have to look at, right? So can we get the durable medical equipment that they need in there to keep them safe? Can we get the services in there to keep them safe, right? We don't want to, you, you mentioned behavioral health before and, and it's true with all patients, but with pediatric patients, especially you have to look at the whole family, the whole family's yeah. being impacted every time the patient gets sick. And so, right. yeah. you know, are, are we providing enough caregiver support while we're taking care of the patient and trying to keep them home in those situations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful, thank you. I know home solutions um, has a couple different components to it that you've described. Um, does a health plan have to purchase the entire suite of home solutions um, or can they pick and choose um, components of it? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And um, and when we when we answer quite a bit, quite frequently. Um, and so so the, the easy answer is, is no, they you don't have to um set you don't have to buy quote unquote the home solution suite right um some some health plan partners come to us and say we've got a group of patients who are super sick and who need a lot of services um what can you do and that's when we say okay let you know let's pull out all the stops we've got allegis care with the, who can provide these programs for your super sick patients mm -hmm. we've got evicore um post-acute care and transition of care and dme and sleep services who can provide all of those for your patients and and by combining all of those forces together we can really help you provide all the services that those um that that group of super sick patients uh needs Mm -hmm. We have other plans that come to us and say, you know what, we've we actually have a provider group who's who is already doing in-home care, who's managing palliative care for us and who's managing our chronic populations. But what we really need your help with is something specific. We need your help mm -hmm. with DME management. We need your help right. with sleep test management. We need your help with, with managing um, the post-acute care facilities or home health care. And so we, we can we can meet those needs too. We can we can provide just individual services if that's what a health plan needs. We're happy, we're happy to partner with whatever services they have in place, or we're happy to say, hey, look, if you've got a really sick group of patients that you are kind of at your wits end and don't know how to improve their the quality of their care right this moment, we're happy to step in and provide all the services as a kind of mm -hmm. a combined package. Right. Okay. So let's um, get a little philosophical here for a second. Okay. So 
what would an ideal state of home solutions look like end to end? I mean, what would it include? Um, how, what would the patient makeup look like? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. So, so that, that, that question is what gets me out of bed every morning. Um, that's what makes this work so exciting, right? Is, yeah. is, is that I, I, I come in with that vision each morning. Um, and I think, I, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is, is we need to be proactive, right? Mm -hmm. I, again, we're not going to fix the healthcare system today, but I think, I think, um, in addition to what we've already discussed, one, one of the areas where the US healthcare system really still has a long way to go to improve is being proactive instead of reactive. Mm -hmm. We still tend to treat illnesses and treat injuries and treat mm -hmm. diseases. And in, in my, in my you know, nirvana of home solutions, we've got a team-based approach. We've got all of the providers and we've got all of the ancillary service providers and we've got all of the durable medical equipment that we need um, and we can be proactive. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when Allegis Care goes in and does a, um, an annual health, health assessment for a member, they can um, you know, just go into their EMR and make a wish list of everything. They can say, look, this, this person's at risk for falls. And so before the fall happens, mm -hmm. let's get the, 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 the mobility equipment in there to right. falling yeah. or this patient's bed bound. Okay. Before they develop a pressure ulcer, let's get the right mattress in there to make sure it doesn't right. happen. Yeah. Right. So, or, you know, or this person's healthy, this person's doing great, but oh, by the way, their spouse says that they snore and they're really <laughs> tired during the day. Yeah. Well, let's get their sleep apnea treated yeah. before it kind of derails their other medical conditions. Mm -hmm. So to me, the, you know, the health, the home solutions nirvana is, is, our, is our fully staffed program with the ability to be proactive. And so rather mm -hmm. than waiting for someone to come to us and say, Hey, I, I'm, I'm in the hospital and these are the services I need to go home. Let's, let, let's get in there and prevent them from going to the right. hospital. Yeah. You know, um, it would be interesting because in public health, there are three levels of prevention. Well, really four, but there's primary, secondary, and tertiary levels of prevention. And Home Solutions um, targets secondary and, and tertiary uh, levels of prevention with the patient who's already ill. And then um, they identify a risk for falls, that kind of thing. Um, it would be really great if we could add um, primary prevention um, as far as the family members are concerned. If we know that someone is in the home, they have um, you know, diabetes and COPD, let's look at how we can keep the family members from following that same path because we know a lot of this is um, learned behavior. Um, so that's I would add that vision um, to home solutions is primary prevention for the family. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. And I would tie in there um, again, we touched on it earlier, but caregiver support, right? Yeah. And I love that you're looking at, you're looking at essentially proactive caregiver support. I, yeah. I was talking about how do we support them through an acute episode, but right. I love it. You're, you're taking it up front and saying, let's, let's proactively support these caregivers. It's, it's my background. I can't help it. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we can solve healthcare next week. That sounds That's like right. Great. Right. Um, <laughs> And so um, one more thing. So you um, came from, um, you were an emergency department physician. What was that transition like for you to go from this heart racing um, daily um, work to um, basically working in an office and um, having... 
It, it, I, it's, that's another question that I answer frequently, even after all these years, I won't tell you how many years it's been. Um, it, it was a lovely transition. When I when I first thought about leaving clinical practice and and leaving the ER especially, right? I mean, generally speaking, people think of, of ER docs as adrenaline junkies, and we, that's why we go into emergency medicine. Well, you do surf, right? So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it's also the reason I think we burn out maybe a little bit faster than some other specialties. And when I was when I when I made the decision to to leave clinical practice, I thought, oh gosh, I'm going to wake up one day just just really itching to put in a chest tube again, and and you know really really regret this decision. But I have to say, it hasn't happened because because this work this might sound cheesy, but it's really fulfilling. I I actually while I treated sometimes I felt like I treated the entire city each night while I was in the emergency department. Um, I didn't actually; it just felt that way. Um, right this moment, I can. We're actually impacting a much larger number of patients than I could physically touch it during any during the busiest emergency department. Right. Yeah. So th this work is so fulfilling that it never gets boring. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Well, thank <laughs> you're you. wonderful to work with. <laughs> so with the Home Solutions program, the the value proposition is. Um, not just with post-acute care, but with all solutions is preventing admissions into the hospital and preventing readmissions. Yeah, I think you summed it up well there. I think our, our goal is, you know, we, we've said a couple times throughout our conversation, right? We wanna yeah. keep patients home. We wanna keep them healthy and, and functioning, you know, at, at their maximum level, whatever that might be. And so right. absolutely our, our and so that that's the, the goal for the custom for the patients, right? And then for the health plan partners, absolutely. You know, the, of course, admissions to the hospital are costly. Admissions to a facility are costly, and and there's certain there are obviously significant penalties for readmissions. And so, taking good care of a patient, right, is cost yeah. effective. So right, yeah. so and so it's just a win for everybody. If we if we if we pull all of our levers and keep the patients happy and healthy and safe. We, we make the payers happy, we make the patients happy, you know, and we, and we make the providers happy. There's less emergency mm -hmm. department burnout, if, right? right? <laughs> if patients aren't bouncing, bouncing back, right? right. readmitted all the time to the hospital. Yes. Great, thank you. Yvette, it's been great talking to you today about Home Solutions. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation too. Great, I look forward to talking to you again soon. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining. I'll see you next time.